Welcome back to Modern Commerce. Today is a modern creator edition of the podcast. We are going to go through six tips on how to launch, grow, and monetize your podcast. But first, a quick word from today's episode sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Reconvert, a Shopify app that will instantly help you increase your average order value. So after somebody places an order, they pay now. My order's being processed. The number one way that we have found to increase average order value is the post-purchase one-click upsell, which looks just like this. After somebody buys, you make them another offer. And if they take it, it is instantly added to their order. Best way to increase AOV. That's true, John. But it's not perfect for every brand and every customer for every brand. So one of the other tools that not very many brands are taking advantage of right now is using this confirmation page as real estate to be pitching offers here as well. People are going to be coming back to this page quite often, checking on the status for their orders. And it's a great place to be pitching them other products. It won't be a one-click upsell, but an upsell nonetheless. Great place to get extra conversions. People might reconvert. <laughs> Uh, so head on over to reconvert.io to increase your average order value today. Okay, we are back and I am excited about today's episode. So today um, we will we'll get, it's going to be a tight episode, nice and tactical, easy stuff for you to follow and implement. Um, I'll, I'll give you a quick explanation here of what the format will be. Uh, myself and my co-host Casey will each give a tip on how to launch a podcast and then we'll each give a tip on how to grow a podcast and then we'll each give a tip on how to monetize a podcast and that'll be it so six easy things for people to follow bring them from zero to making money and that's that's what it's all about right Casey that is the dream uh make some stuff and make some money off of that stuff right <laughs> makes yeah yeah i mean that's you said it i think end of podcast right i mean just put simply like why why make it more confusing than it make, needs to be right make stuff and sell it to people yeah that's right. business that's right. what it is um so what do you want to do you want to like talk a little bit you know you need some foreplay you want to get right into it what do you want to do uh let's see we're starting with launching first yeah. uh launch sounds like lunch what'd you have for lunch uh i had some sushi I was like really feeling some sushi. Yeah, I went. It's like grocery store sh sushi, so not like hardcore. And when I say I've had sushi, I don't like get real sushi. It's like if it's got, if it's like a little deep fried, like that's the kind of sushi I just, eat. Just a little bowl bowl for your some, appetite. Yeah, like if it's got like imitation crab, like that's what I'm eating pretty much. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. What'd you have? Um. Well, I had some tacos. Um, Ta some tacos. Yeah, some tacos. What's your go-to? What's your go-to meat in tacos? You like a chicken? Uh, gotta be brown ground beef. Ground beef. Okay. Gotta be. Yeah. Not like I ah, see. I would have. I would have pegged you for like a steak guy, like steak tacos. I mean, if it's a, like why waste a perfectly good steak in a taco? That's a good point. Like if you're gonna have steak, like just have steak. Keep it simple. I'm a big. Uh, yeah, I'm a big. All right. What do you think about like fish, like street tacos, but that have like fish in it? Yeah, I mean, as long as it's like fresh tasting, like that's that's all that really, really matters. You just don't want old fish. That's... I think I specifically feel like when it's street tacos, like I don't want anything that's from the sea. You know, like I want it to be from land if it, if I'm getting it from a from a like a like a food truck. You know what I'm saying? I guess it depends on the food truck too. I don't any food truck I've like frequented 
I frequented, you know, like there would be gotcha. like a food truck outside of a, an establishment that I would like you trust, like, you know, the guy you're like, yeah, no, Manny would never give me bad fish. Like exactly. And I'm, gotcha. yeah, exactly. Man, I've met many a Manny. <laughs> You've, yeah. You and Manny, you got a, you got a lot of Manny's in your life. That's right. I would say that like, you know, you've got your close circle of people, like your family that you live with. And then you got me. And then Manny's probably like your next best friend. Oh, you got your dad. And then like probably Manny. He's like in the five spot, really. Yeah. I'll like give you one more, one more random uh, fun thing before we get yeah. into it. Nothing Speaking of Manny. Yeah. Man-ish, Manny. Bought a ladder the other day. Other day. It was the first ladder I've ever bought. Like a full-size ladder. That's, not like a dude, step that's, adult, that's adulting at its finest, I think. I've never felt more Manny, more Manish. Yeah. More like a man than when I bought a ladder. I mean, I was so ladder. proud. Like, I'm going up high. That's yeah, like, I yeah. mean, I can get I came, all. I came to this to 20, 20 feet tall. I yeah. ain't got nothing on me. I got I it. all the way to the roof. I came, I came to this store specifically so that I could get up to high places. That's exactly it. That's oh, true. you can't get on the roof. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I'm going. I'm, I'm getting twenty. I'm going up to dangerous places. I'm doing dangerous stuff. I'm a man. Yeah, not dangerous a, for me. I can handle myself. Yeah. Did you have a steak after and a beer? I mean. I, that's how I, don't I think, end every day. So obviously, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think there's another. If you'd buy a ladder, that's the only thing to do afterwards. It's obviously. required. Yeah. No fish tacos that day. <laughs> no fish tacos that day. Steak and beer. Uh, okay, let's get into this. Casey, do you want to go for? I'll go first. Uh, yeah. So let's talk about how to launch. Uh, launch is an interesting topic because I think launching a podcast. This is actually. Uh, so we, you know, we build our newsletter. We get, you know. We've, we've revealed this on other episodes and stuff like that, but we do giveaways and we uh, do other things that, that build up our newsletter audiences. Uh, and one of the survey questions we ask when people subscribe or enter our giveaways or anything like that is like, where are you at in your podcasting journey? Specifically, if it's podcasting stuff that they're you know opting in for, like we have a podcast gear giveaway that they might be opting in for. Um, and I would say a solid 70 to 80% of people say they do not have a podcast yet, but they would like to launch a podcast, uh, which I think to you and I is like a strange response, right? I guess maybe to me, it's a strange response. It might not be to you at all because that describes you for like seven to eight years of your life. <laughs> it is both for sure. Uh, Cause I think there's definitely some, some learnings we share uh, that I don't want to spoil anything for yeah. get into, but momentum has a lot to do with, with good creation. You told, yeah, you told me something once when I was just teaching you how to do do some stuff when we started working together. Where you were like, "Dude, I you don't remember what it was like to like be a beginner uh, at, yeah. at this." And uh, I think that it's hard for us now. Uh, probably 83, 84 episodes into this podcast, seventy episodes into another podcast, to remember what it was like to like not have done episode one yet. Uh, so, and, and I think that's a lot of creators, a lot of creators give the advice of like, just start, which is, if you think about it, like it is the right advice. Like that is correct. You do need to just start, but like, it's not good advice. It's, it's tone deaf advice. It's advice from somebody who doesn't remember what it was like before episode one. You know what I mean? I think that it's, it is, if I'm being honest, it's the advice that everybody needs to hear. But once you've heard it and you believe in it, like, you yeah. know, you, you trust that to be the case from creators that, you know, and you trust, yeah. you get it. You're like, OK, just starting must be a big thing. Everybody says that. Who knows what they're talking about? I've heard that from a ton of people. We've said it a bunch of times. Yep. But you're right. It kind of leaves you wondering, like, OK, now I'm kind of even more freaked out than before. And now I know I should have just already started this. Yep. Now I feel behind the eight ball and I don't know what to do. 
Yeah. So that's what we're trying to do with this launch section is like give you an idea of like, hey, like tomorrow you could do this. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so so I'm going to give them one and I'm going to say I think that maybe a reason people don't start is because they don't know the concept of their podcast. So sp- podcasting specifically, I can see it being a little bit tougher medium to start than some of the other like uh, creator mediums like Instagram, for example, right? Because it's like, you can't like, you can kind of post family friends, like you can kind of like ease into it. Whereas podcasting, it's like, there's a little bit of a barrier, right? Um, a tech barrier and like a whole barrier of like, well, what is the show? What's it about? So what I'm going to try and shake loose is like just maybe one idea that I have for like, Hey, here's just like a content idea for you. So, um, take whatever you like are into or want to talk about. So if you are a music person, you want to make a music podcast, then the, the topic is music. Uh, if you're like us, it's a business podcast. The topic is business topic is creators and the creator economy, whatever. Um, sports is our other podcast, like whatever you know that, that most people kind of know what the high level topic is. Right. Um, or if you don't, even if you're like, I don't know, it's just like something kind of Joe Rogany, like culture podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Like, pick something that fits pick something that fits your like what you're kind of thinking and go with the reaction format so because it it just it's really easy content um so like for us you know we might do a game reaction and 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 i'll actually give you i'll even be more specific with this go through your twitter feed or instagram feed or youtube feed and find some of like the hottest videos in that category or topic and react to that Right. Like mm-hmm. find something that's already kind of popping and and react to it. Um, if it's a podcast, if it's for a podcast, make sure it's you want to make sure it's audio friendly. But for episode one, I'm going to consider that a bonus. Like I want you to get something on the board. OK, so just find something, react to it. Uh, if you don't know the tech setup, I don't know if you're. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you're going to talk, talk through tech setup at all, Casey, but like, if you don't know the tech setup, just post it on YouTube at first. That's how we started. We didn't, we didn't even go to audio until like to the podcast app and stuff until maybe 50, 60 episodes in, right? Like, so just post it on YouTube and like, that's episode one of your podcast. The other thing you need to remember is like, specifically with podcasts, let's say your podcast gets huge down the line. People rarely listen to the people rarely go back and listen to episode one you know uh right. it, like it, it some people do but like unless it's like a, a tv series a lot of people don't see episode one of things so it can get a lot better it can get iterative there's some huge 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 pods that i know of that if you go all the way back to you know s1 e1 season one episode one it's like man this is janky and the content is not good uh, and they're huge and they're really good now. So that's like another, like if that's the barrier, like get over that and just do a reaction piece, find a video within your kind of topic or category that is already popping. Don't even look for the perfect video. Just find one that it's like, Oh yeah, this thing's getting steam. And I, I feel like I have something to say about it. Cause that usually is how it is. Like people have something to say like when they're prompted. Right. Um, and yep. then just do a reaction episode. Yeah. I mean, I think that both of our, tips here kind of are taken with that that given that momentum is just huge so this is kind of one of those things like this is easy to get the momentum going i would say to add on to your point maybe even something like find something to react to that you've already seen somebody react to i mean 
there's no reason, especially in episode one, with that mindset of just get going, just start. There's no reason to try to break the mold at all. I mean, you could almost watch your favorite personality react to something, find the exact same thing, and have almost the exact same reaction to it. You know, like, yeah, that's not that weird if you haven't already you know, dived into the world of making content. Like there's a, there's going to be a little bit, I mean, personally, I just don't think you're doing it right. If you don't have a few bouts of, of imposter syndrome and right. you borrow from, from, you know, uh, what's, what's the the phrase imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Like you yeah. borrow from the things that, that you consume. I mean, don't write down um, what they say word for word, but yeah, exactly. But, but it's okay to, it's okay to steal people's essence in moments just to learn a, a new maneuver and then you put mm -hmm. that in your bag and you don't you don't adopt their personality forever. But it can be yeah. a way to to relieve some of that pressure of, of, of getting that first thing out, first thing done. Once that first first thing's done, the second one is 10 times easier to start than that first one was. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the, the, I, the reason I say put it on YouTube is honestly just like get like from a tech st setup standpoint, get one of these. They're like 10 bucks at Best Buy. Stick your freaking phone in it turn it sideways and just record your reaction. Or I think with a reaction video, uh, YouTube actually has a feature for reaction videos that you can just use your webcam and react. You do a reaction video on YouTube. YouTube already has a feature where you can, a built-in feature where you can react to YouTube videos. So like specifically for podcast, podcasting and YouTube are really close cousins. So like, uh, you know, I would almost maybe even call them siblings, uh, twins even. Uh, so you can just start there, right? Start with it. Don't think of it as like an audio uh, podcast. It's, you know, just start with it on YouTube. And, and if it is audio commentary on something, who's not to call it a podcast, uh, really? So uh, yeah, I think that's just like a good way to start. Even if you don't call it episode one of your podcast, it just gets you in the rhythm of creating audio content that could be 10, 20, 30 minutes long. Um, and that's kind of what you need. You need that. I would call I like it episode that. one though. Get it out the door, you know? Yeah, why not? Yeah, we we've kind of flirted with the idea of doing like practice episodes before. Oh yeah, I think only like one time I can remember we actually left that as a practice. Every other time, you know, the dozen other times we tried that kind of thing, we just ended up saying, "Let's just publish this. Why not?" Yeah, ship it. Yep. There was a problem in our heads that we were making bigger than there was in real life. Actually. Yeah, There's so no then reason it... why we weren't ready to do episode one. If, if you if you have that, yeah, call it a practice episode if it makes you feel better. Just record it and say, oh, I don't have to publish it. But then once it's done, like, you might want to publish it. No pressure, yeah. but uh, do it. Either way, do it. Uh, all right, so do that's it. what I got, do Casey. Do it. Do it. Casey, what you I like, got? I like what you said there that YouTube and podcasting are, it might as well be twins. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? Those old, I think it was Coors Light. The and, and twins. twins. Yeah. Yeah. You don't see a lot of beer companies like that these days. That's, no. Yeah, that's, that's that frat boy humor that the beer companies are trying to get away of, uh, away from. But that's that's not for this show. That, maybe another yeah. show we talk about. Maybe that. a different show. Who knows? But I do like that you're talking about YouTube being cousins or siblings, twins with podcasting. And to just start on YouTube, there's the lowest barrier to entry uh, for on a platform like YouTube as far as like long form podcasting type of content goes uh, yeah. everybody knows how to make an account there it's literally your google account you probably already have an account whether you realize it or not and it's super easy you just hit one button and you're 
you're going. Uh, yeah. And you can record and post it afterwards, or you can just start live. And that would be my tip. And yeah. maybe maybe this feels like too big of a, a bite on episode one, but it is something early maybe episode on. two or three. Yeah. And I, I mean, hey, if you got the balls for it, do it episode one, too. It's something that we've found helps us a ton. It saves a ton of time in post-production for editing. And mm-hmm. it is one of those just speed momentum plays. Go live. YouTube is where we do it. You could do it on other platforms. So you could go live on Twitter. You could go live on Instagram, although there's uh, Instagram specifically is a little bit tougher. We found to kind of like, you know, cro- to cross for, that with your for simplicity's recording. sake. For simplicity's sake, just do it on YouTube. Just do it on YouTube, and you can go live. It really does make it easy, and then it's just done. And the good thing about it is that live video doesn't need to be your final podcast recording that you upload onto a podcast platform if you do go that route early on in episode one, episode two, episode three. If you want Mm -hmm. to be on Spotify, you want to be on Apple Podcasts, you can take that live video, download it, clean it up, then post it if it makes you feel better. But honestly, we found that we can more or less just shoot it live. And, you know, every once in a while, there's there's little ends we want to snip off. But it is minimal editing uh, to where literally anybody could do it if you know how to operate a computer. So, yep. And the other thing is, if you shoot it live, uh, number one, don't worry about if you're like, oh, I don't want to do it live. What if a bunch of people see it and I'm like not really ready for people to see my content or whatever? No, not a lot of people will see it. Like, unless you got magically have a YouTube channel that has a hundred thousand subscribers for some reason, like maybe you'll get one person on that live the whole time. Maybe like, right. Uh, when you, when you've got no subscribers or anything like that. So I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, I think you can still do, well, I don't know if you can do the reaction video format, uh, in, in, in live. So, you know, those might be two separate tips, right? But like, uh, you, yeah, I mean, just go live. And then again, if you hate it, you can always just delete that afterwards, right? Like a lot of people exactly. delete, a lot of people delete their lives because their lives were for the live. They weren't to, they weren't meant to be a piece, uh, that, that lives on the channel. So, uh, that's not weird at all to do. YouTube won't hurt you for it. Your audience that, you know, probably doesn't exist yet won't really hurt you for it. Uh, and so yeah. back to what you said too, most podcasts, even the most like, rabid fan base doesn't go back and listen to episode one necessarily just because they love your show and they found it 60 episodes later or something uh that episode i mean we talk a lot about like good problems to have and bad problems to have if you ever do find yourself in the situation where too many people are going back and watching that first episode of your show because they like it so much and you don't you don't love the way that that portrays like the current version of your show at some point in the future that's a great problem to have that people love your show so much that they want to see where it came from and i say let them you know so don't be afraid of it own it we had pretty humble beginnings if you go back and watch the first episode of modcom uh uh, it's right up there with any other the starting of any other show but we just knew uh that in our line of work the types of stuff we did it was a learned skill that momentum is key and once you get going it's easier to refine and and develop the show from there than it is to be in this hypothesizing philosophical state about what you want your show to be before you ever get it off the ground. Yeah. And uh, another thing, weird hang up that I, I think sometimes people have, if you're worried about like, well, I don't know what all, but uh, let me come up with a name. Like, I don't know what I'm going to name it. Uh, it's called the, whatever your name is show show. Guess what? You can change the name later. Like, so for me, it would be called the John Coyle show until I decided on a different name, right? Mm-hmm. Or the John and Casey show. Like until, until we 
no like come up with a different name or whatever like just ship it don't get hung up for six months on the name right that the reason you're getting hung up for six months on the name is because you're actually kind of afraid to ship it because you're afraid if you try it then you'll fail and all that yeah that's squash that set low expectations your first several episodes 20 30 episodes nobody's gonna see them nobody's gonna listen to them it's okay just keep going it's for you at first it's for you right it's for you to get to past that barrier of creating consistently and then once you're 20 30 episodes in you're kind of really ready for people to listen to it and you're in the rhythm of creating and that's when it'll start that's when you'll start to get good at it as john snow would say kill the boy kill the boy all right let's move on uh before we move on to our next section let's do a quick word from the people who pay the bills what's up everybody today's episode is brought to you by monk commerce it's a super slick in-car upsell app so if i want to buy these new balance trainers i'm trying to get in shape i add them to my cart my cart opens up and it says hey look you're only five dollars away from free shipping so i'm like all right cool I'll, i'll add this to my cart since you recommended it and now i got my free shipping but hold up I'm only $38 away from a free gift. So why don't I add a pair of size eight New Balance trainers to my cart for my girlfriend? She's got bigger feet than me. And now look at this. It actually automatically added that free gift straight to my cart for me. That will all be there when I check out. Super nifty app, super slick, super quick way to increase your AOV. Go to monkcommerce.com. Try it free on your store for seven days. Okay, let's move on to our next section, which is grow. Uh, Let's talk about growing the pod. John, are you a grower or a shower? I am neither, really. I'm neither a shower or a grower. You're a show grower. Both. I'm a show grower. Did you can that? Did you think that? I know. I I mean, it just came out of me. That just really... (laughs) Sometimes it just comes out of you when we're talking about showing and growing. Growing and (laughs) showing. Yeah. So John, Uh, how do podcasts grow? How do podcasts grow? Okay. So this is a good one uh, because podcasts, I think of all media are are actually, and and I'm going to specifically say like audio podcasts. Uh, So not on YouTube, like when you're on Spotify, when you're on like growing downloads of an audio podcast is actually the hardest medium medium to grow Uh, because most others like YouTube uh, if I want to just pay money, I can pay money and get YouTube views, right? Um, and that's, we've, I've made no secret about it. That's what we did. First. Like we just uh, ran YouTube ads to get more views on our videos, to get more subscribers, all of that, right? Uh, that doesn't really exist in audio form uh, or it does, but it's like, it's not nearly as, as like, you know, you can do that same thing on Instagram or TikTok or wherever you're creating. Um, so, so growing a podcast is honestly the thing I love talking about more than anything. Um, so I'll hit on my kind of one tip here. I've got like a lot of stuff with, with podcast growth, but one, I like consolidating it to one tip. So when you're, uh, when you're, when you're getting into like that growth phase, you're probably more than 10 episodes in at least 10, 15, 20. And you're like, okay, I'm in the rhythm now I'm creating, you know, at first it's just fun and novel to be creating something. Uh, and, and you shouldn't really even worry about how many views or downloads it's getting. Uh, but once you're in the rhythm, uh, you want to grow it. Uh, probably what you have been doing is growing somewhere, you know, whether that's on Instagram, like you're growing a social media following or you're on YouTube or whatever. Uh, find someone who's bigger than you on one platform, but you're bigger than them on another platform, right? So uh, for us, I'll give you the example of, of what we did here for our sports podcast. Uh, our YouTube channel was bigger than this other uh, podcast 
that I really liked, but like our YouTube channel was bigger than theirs. But the reason I specifically liked them was because I really liked their, their Instagram content. Like they created awesome content for Instagram and they were really big on Instagram. Like I'm talking orders of magnitude. We were maybe 500 Instagram followers at the time and they had like a hundred thousand. Uh, and, uh, but on YouTube we were, you know, we had maybe 2000 subscribers and they had like 200. Uh, so I reached out to them and asked, Hey, like, do you want to be on our podcast? And like, because, and I just sent them here, we are on YouTube and they could kind of see like, Oh yeah, like you guys are further along on that YouTube road than us. So where they normally wouldn't have given us the time of day because they were bigger than us on Instagram, where I reached out, they gave us the time of day because they could see it like, Oh, you guys are like bigger on this platform. Right. So they like responded, accepted. And now that guy, Mason, uh, he is a regular, like a regular recurring host on our, on our sports podcast. And then what that does is that allows us when we repurpose, like when we clip our sports podcast into reels and stuff like that, we can invite him as a collaborator. He shares the show uh, on his Instagram story, stuff like that. So he drives more downloads from that outside like Instagram channel. Um, and then, I mean, he also benefits because we were bigger on YouTube. Right. So, and his, the other benefit was his Instagram channel was a faceless Instagram channel where he just, he didn't like use himself. He created like content just for Instagram, like graphic content. Um, not like graphic, but like, <laughs> <laughs> like graphic content, you know, <laughs> uh, check out Mason's only fans. Yeah. Ma Mason, Mason's OF <laughs> Mason Uh, so <laughs> So, uh, yeah, but he didn't like, he didn't put his face on it. So a lot of people have meme pages or things like that, especially in sports. His is something like that. Right. So it's actually Carter who I was thinking of. Uh, but then Carter brought in Mason, who's another person who has an even, but he had a 200,000 person IG account. Um, so now it's like, we brought in these two dudes who knew each other because they'd collaborated on, on Instagram and they know other people who are big on Instagram. And like, we gave them the opportunity on a platform that they weren't as big on. Uh, and then we got like more visibility on a platform that uh, that they're bigger on. And so then that helps grow our downloads, grow our audience, all of that stuff. So that's tip number one. Once you're in growth phase, you probably have some traction somewhere on some platform. So find someone who's bigger than you somewhere else, like bring them into your show as a guest or as a recurring host. Uh, and then like, you know, create shareable content for whatever platform they're big on. Yeah, I would say that's, that's also just enhanced when you consider the skill sets that kind of come yeah. together as well. We have this live podcasting, which is kind of niche background. Yeah. You know, not all podcasts are recorded live and we do most of ours live. So we're really, as far as like content creators go, we're about as comfortable as you can get just doing remote live podcasting. It's kind of a weird niche. Uh, and those guys, they've learned a lot about it, being able to be on our remote live podcast. And yeah. meanwhile, you know, we get to borrow a little bit of their skill set, too. I've definitely learned a little bit more about like what people want to see in those like graphic. Yeah. Graphics on Instagram, yeah. things like that. Not the graphic content. Yeah. Um, Casey's but, gotten uh, yeah. good at graphic content. Check yeah. out Casey's OnlyFans uh, or Casey's yeah, so that's that's my my uh, my little tag onto onto your growth tip yep. is find leverage somebody's audience that's bigger on a platform while they can leverage your audience. Same thing with skill sets. Same thing with all those things. Um, you'd be surprised how often you find like interlocking types of relationships like that when you just meet the right people. Um, okay, so my growth tip uh, is meant to piggyback on my 
launch tip. So if you do go the route of starting your podcast and deciding to remove all, as many barriers as possible, she just decide, hey, let's go live on YouTube, like Casey said. I like that tip. Let's do that. Okay, so you've started going live on YouTube. That's how you do most or all of the episodes for your podcast. Great. Once you hit the growth stage, how can you use what you're already doing and, and use the metaphor that we use a lot, throw more gasoline on the fire that's already burning the hottest. Yeah. Uh, so your, your live streams of your podcast recording might, might actually get more views or listens than when you upload it onto the podcast platforms. Uh, it can just happen because live audiences are kind of, they kind of attract more viewers. Uh, platforms push more, uh, push you into better positions into feeds. So my tip is to extend those live streams. Experiment with some lengthier live streams because multiple things will happen. And this is specific to YouTube. Uh, probably yeah. has this effect on other platforms as well. But specifically, I can say that we've seen this this strategy kind of impact. YouTube, YouTube platform have an impact on this strategy. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. So being live longer... I've definitely noticed that it can help reach, but the main thing is live videos, especially for people who do watch other live videos on YouTube, you'll get pushed like right to the top of their feed whenever you're live. So the longer you can remain live, the more shots on goal you kind of get for people who jump onto the YouTube app. You might just be at the top. If you had signed off 10 minutes earlier, you might've missed that person. So just right. sheer numbers point of view, you might get more impressions on people who are likely to who, enjoy your show and uh the other thing which i can't say exactly why but we've definitely noticed a, a trend between these two numbers there definitely appears to be a, a pretty relevant uh relationship between subscribers on youtube and longer live streams like it seems right. like the longer live streams are where you grab more subscribers at least like per yeah. minute let's say you know there's it seems like those after like 60 minutes all of a sudden that's when you might hit some bonus zone of getting some extra subscribers that you yeah. otherwise would have missed so that's my tip on growth experiment with some lengthier live streams we've done live streams as long as like four or five hours i think multiple of them uh well sports. we did a 11 hour live stream uh casey forgot to turn it off when he was done so we were live for 11 true. hours we did that uh <laughs> It was just nothing. It was just like a graphic. Uh, it, the funny thing is, I I noticed it like long at like nine p.m. But I was I didn't I like was on my phone. I wasn't logged in. Let it ride. There was there was one other viewer watching. <laughs> I don't know who it was. It can happen. I don't know. I think that's person. just the the YouTube algorithm is something that a lot of people try to hack. But YouTube gives you so much data compared to most other platforms. You become pretty confident in some of the findings you get from there as opposed to other platforms, if that makes sense, because of yeah. all that data you have. So when I noticed that there was just, I mean, those, the line, a line graph makes it pretty easy. And when two metrics are in lockstep with each other, yeah. kind of all the way, you go, hey, I think there's something to like average view duration and the length of, of streams we do and the amount of subscribers we gain. Uh, that's just like a light bulb moment. And you go, hey, try that. So yeah, that you don't have to take it from me. We've already done the experiment. Yeah, just try to recreate it for yourselves, but you're likely to see similar results at a certain point of growth. Yeah. So the other thing that live uh, streams are a hack for is watch hours. So if you're not monetized on YouTube yet, which watch hours stop meaning anything once you're monetized. Uh, but before you're monetized, you got to get those 4,000 watch hours. For us, those are always the hardest thing to hit. Uh, like we'll have a, a live stream 
that might go like in in like we, we'll have a live stream that might have between only maybe 30 people on it 20 or 30 people on it but if we're live for like two three hours it'll end up with like 150 watch hours by the end right so it's like big big chunks of watch hours um and then casey actually on our sports this is all on our sports podcast on our sports podcast casey started going live every day for a few hours and yeah exactly it's like people just kind of like trickle in and end up there there's a whole subset of youtube viewers who just kind of like watch what's live you know they're just kind of like live stream type people now if they'll still be relevant right so for us we don't get like randoms who are like i've never seen sports what are what's basketball like they're they're also usually sports like topic relevant consumers uh but they you know they're just like they prefer live content um there's one channel mrs rachel which is a big channel if you're a parent at all you probably know who miss rachel is um i think it's not mrs i think it is miss rachel miss rachel mrs rachel i don't know um but she's i think she's live like all the time now but it's just a cycle of her content like she's not actually live all the time she does like kids songs and stuff like that my kids watch her um but i think it's just like a cycle of her content running pretty much 24 hours and she might not be doing that anymore but like for a while that's all she was doing is just cycling her content live she wasn't actually live uh so yeah i mean it's it's a little bit of a of a hack specifically on youtube to do some longer live streams uh you you might have to change up the content i mean maybe you do a super episode of your show where you do like okay i'm gonna do what would be like five episodes into one um or you get like you get a return like you you rotate some guests right maybe you only have one guest normally but you know today i'm gonna rotate in four different guests or something like that um or like for us we actually do different kinds of content so for our sports podcast we'll do uh like a game watch parties so if there's an nba or nfl game on we'll just live stream like us watching and commentating on the game or uh we'll do some gaming live streams where we'll like play a sports game like we'll play madden or something like that um which is easier to make live like longer live content um so yeah those are some ideas for for the content if you're wondering like how i how do I like do a longer live? Like my podcast is only so long. Like, yeah, that's, those are some ideas. Yeah. You, you, you'd make a great point to get to monetization point to enter the partner program on YouTube faster. You do need a lot of watch hours. That's a great way to get there. The only thing that I can say that, that watch hours are helpful with beyond that point. If you're completely bootstrapped and you're trying to use YouTube's algorithm, you're trying to like algo hack a little bit and, and use it as discovery, which I don't know that we necessarily recommend, but if you, choose to do so um as far as i can tell the main factors for youtube kind of giving you reach are average view duration and watch hours of like a certain piece of content right yeah um yes so next up let's talk about monetizing let's go bring in the cash register so you launched it you've done some stuff to grow it up a little bit how do we actually make money podcasting i'm gonna start with a principle here and say i think that you should monetize sooner than you probably think you should monetize. If that makes sense. Does that make sense to you, Casey? Like, it makes sense to me, but we lived it. Can like, you it, clarify my thought further? If you're not monetizing, no matter where you are, it's not too early to try to start monetizing. Yes. So uh, obviously partner program, stuff like that allows, you know, YouTube partner program, or uh, if you're doing an audio podcast, there are certain platforms that will put what are called pro- programmatic ads uh in your in your podcast and that's you know kind of the same as the youtube partner program um typically there are minimums like you have to be a minimum size 
to hit those. Um, and if you're not the minimum size, you're not going to really hit that. Um, my like, what I'm essentially proposing is saying a big breakthrough for us was when we got our first sponsorship and it was so small. It really was. Yeah. Like, we weren't a big show. The sponsorship was really small. Like it was so small that I'm pretty sure when I sent the brand, the proposal, they were probably like, Oh, that's what you, Oh yeah. Okay, fine. I guess here's a couple, Yes. you know, here's a hundred bucks a month or whatever it was for like every episode, top of the episode, basically. Um, they, I think they were expecting like a much higher proposal, but I was like, I mean, I don't know. And I knew it wasn't very large show. Right. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying is that it's like, it might feel silly going out and trying to get yourself $25 brand deals or something like that. Um, but you know, I think you should monetize early. Um, one good way to monetize early and not feel ridiculous about, so here's my tip. One good way to monetize early and not feel ridiculous about how small of deals you're pitching brands is, uh, to monetize with content opportunities. So, um, there's a really great creator, uh, Justin Moore, Creator Wizard is his uh, newsletter. I think he only has a newsletter, not a podcast. Uh, and, and he talks about this. I, I actually have a variation of this you know, that I, that I teach, but uh, he talks about there are really three types of deals for creators. There's, um, there's like brand deals where the, the company just wants brand awareness you know, and that's where you the size of your following and everything like that matters. There's conversion focus campaigns where the company that you're working with just wants conversions. And really at the end of the day, they'll pay you more or less depending on how many conversions you can drive. Right. Uh, and, uh, the third type is where the, the brand just wants content. And then the size of your audience doesn't matter at all. The reason that they're talking to you is because they like the way that you create content and they want the content that you create so that they can repurpose it for whatever, right? Like they might want to post it on their social channels. They might want to use it in ads, whatever. And in that case, the size of your audience doesn't matter at all. And that when you're a small creator is the best way to actually earn some money being a creator, right? Because then your podcast is sort of acting as a portfolio so that these brands can kind of see your vibe and see how you create content and stuff like that. Uh, and, and then you can kind of like, you could charge whatever. I mean, if, if a brand signs you for a big content deal and, and we have an episode coming up uh, next month, like a really big kind of creator episode coming up with a couple of big creators on TikTok, uh, where somebody did this, where she only had 4,000 followers on Instagram, but she signed like a pretty big two-year deal with Pepsi because mm -hmm. Pepsi just liked the way she created content. And so they just signed her to like create content that they were going to repurpose for their socials and for their ads and stuff like that. So that's like one of the best ways early on to create content. Um, and if you are on our little subtle plug for the newsletter, uh, which would be at moderncommerce.live slash creator, uh, if you sign up for our newsletter, I actually uh, send out uh, content opportunities, content like uh deal opportunities to creators. I send out brand deals and, and conversion deals as well. Uh, but I send out content on, and that, that's like a really good way to monetize early on where it's like, you know, it, it's not exactly related to your podcast, but you're getting paid to create, which is, it's just getting you more reps and it's getting you like, it fuels that fire of like, Oh, the reason I got this deal is because I had this like working, living, breathing portfolio, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. the podcast. Yeah. 100% agree. Um, I'm, I, I'll, Less comment on your points here uh, and just go into my my tip because they're kind of spinoffs from one another, yeah. um, which my my monetization tip would be focusing on sellable content 
which like I said, it's really similar. Uh, the principles of, of what I'm going to say really similar to what you said. Uh, I do think that it is maybe an eye opener for a lot of shows or podcasts in this stage where they're trying to get to monetization pre monetization phase. I think a lot of people would be surprised that, yeah, you probably have a lot more opportunity in brand deals where you're just making content for them as opposed to, you know, some kind of affiliate deal commissions on sales from, from selling to your audience. I mean, that stuff can work, but you need a pretty large audience and yeah. it's gotta be, you gotta be pitching stuff that's really relevant to them. So that can be hard yeah. to dial in on. Uh, so specifically making content for brands that are just into your content is a little bit of a hack. You know, uh, you're only going to be able to, to stretch it so far. You know, if you don't have a big following, you're just not going to be able to talk to certain brands and that's fine right. because like we said, it's just, about momentum get that first deal in place like you said there's no time that's too early to start thinking about monetization or trying to approach people for monetization opportunities if you had to take a 50 dollars deal for a week or whatever do that yeah it helps so much you know there's the moral victory first of all which just makes you feel like it's become a little bit more real and you'll start putting more resources and time into your show and, and yeah. it'll get better because of that so you can't overestimate the impact it'll have mentally on you and your whole team um it's a huge boost to morale but focusing on sellable content is a way to try to get in talks in my in my mind and this is hard to execute as well but at least it's something you can focus on that you might have hope of of converting uh, yeah. a brand deal so if, if you take this philosophy so yes. it would be something like Specifically, there's one creator in it that I have in mind that I wanted to bring up as an example, and it's John Boy. You might know John Boy, the creator. He's most famous for doing baseball breakdowns. He makes it really easy to understand for the layperson if you're not even into baseball. About half of his comments say, I don't even watch baseball, but I love your content. Like, you know, and he's just making basically like storylines out of you know, weird plays that happen in baseball or yeah, he's using a variation of that reaction format we were talking about basically. Exactly. And he's got his own little hacks. He does a lot of lip reading and, and humor, yeah. things like that. But he had that he's branched off now into it. They have a, an entire media company. And one of the things that I think points that paints this example really well is they work with a, a game board brand or like a card game brand, I guess. Um, and they do a tournament of this game. Yeah. Imagine something like apples to apples, things like that. And his whole group of creators, they do this tournament where they're all using this game, interacting. They are pitching product um, and they do have a promo code, but I think we know that at the scale they're at, they have some kind of like hybrid deal where they're not only right. making money on sales. They got paid by this brand to just put content out there. Now we don't know if that was the creator reaching out to the brand or the brand reaching out to the creator. That's kind of moot though. As long as you see eye to eye on what is good content, then the following numbers, the engagement numbers, they mean a little bit less once you've already you know you're seeing eye to eye with the brand. Yeah. You might get an opportunity that you otherwise don't quite deserve. You don't have the follow. They, they'd normally be looking for somebody with twice the following, let's say, mm -hmm. uh, before they even start out with them. You might earn yourself one of those opportunities just because they vibe with you, for lack of a better term. Right. Uh, that That's for the Gen Z kids out there. <laughs> they got a vibe. Yeah, I think uh, this is... So this, is, th this point is relevant. Um, monetizing with content opportunities, I think, is a really good way for like earlier stage if you if you don't have like a huge audience yet um 
I think it's also fine for, you know, people with a bigger audience to monetize with content opportunities. Um, but this tip of, of monetizing with sellable content, it's, it's pretty relevant all the way around. Like, again, if you're really small and you come up with like, you know, like for example, you know, we have, uh, uh, for our sports podcast, uh, kind of a backyard game called QB 54, or if you're familiar with like cornhole or cross net or spike ball, any of these backyard games, right? Like we're kind of working on a deal with them to like do content of us playing their game, similar to what Casey said, right? It, it can, we're only really going to get paid so much off of it. If our audience, you know, that is somewhat relevant to our audience size, right? We're not going to make, we're not going to do a hundred thousand dollar deal with them on our audience, on our audience, with our current audience size. Uh, but yeah, as your, as your audience grows a little bit more, this sellable content idea is huge because as opposed to just like, you know, brands reaching out to you or you reaching out to brands and saying, Hey, let me read you on my podcast. Like, it's like, Oh, I can do this segment on my podcast. We have segments on our sports show. One of them is called heat check, right? We could do, you know, heat check brought to you by Tabasco, right. Or brought to you by Sriracha or something like that. Um, or foods of the league, you know, brought to you by Chick-fil-A where today we're doing the Chick-fil-A, you know, we're finding out who the Chick-fil-A chicken tenders of the NFL are, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so like, these are already pre-built segments that our audience knows about and stuff like that. And it, it allows you to integrate those brands a little bit more meaningfully and it allows you to reach out to them more meaningfully. Right. Like I was actually just talking to our, like our salesperson and I was like, Hey, you know, like we could reach out to Tabasco and see if they would sponsor our pod. And we probably would never even get in front of the right person. But if we were like, Hey, we have a segment called heat check and we were thinking about you. Right. Or like, Hey, I have this segment called foods of the league and I really love your food. And I would love to feature you in this segment. It like it, or even if you, if, if you can make them feel like you made the segment for them. Right. right. Uh, we had another segment called clutch moments and we know somebody at the, at the brand clutch chargers right so it's almost like we almost like made this segment for them but clutch moments that's a thing in all of sports right so uh it gives you a more meaningful way to reach out especially if if you're in that phase as a creator where you're like you know hunting more brand deals and stuff like that um and yeah. uh, a mean more meaningful way to close those brand deals that that do come to you and you know what else that does john it creates one of our favorite vocab terms to use a flywheel flywheels once you're thinking around how do i make content that once it's created it'll be inherently pitchable to brands yeah. and it'll be inherently pitchable to you know like you mentioned multiple different multiple different brands in the same vein like you know different hot sauces you get yeah. to have that that touch which eat with each one thinking hey these guys they they love tabasco they right. they want to work with us at tabasco they made this whole segment because they like Tabasco. Meanwhile, we're saying the same thing to Sriracha. We're saying the yeah. same thing to Frank's Hot Sauce. We're saying, yeah. you know, we're saying like you, it's one of these things that compounds and then, you know, compound that with the whole flywheel that you create that this just gets easier and easier. And if you can get past and it compounds point, on the content side too. Exactly. Heat check, heat, heat check and foods of the league are our audiences, two of our audiences' favorite segments that we do. Yep. And it just becomes easier to think in that, like, how do I make a new segment that's going to be juicy to both a viewer and a sponsor, potential sponsor, yeah. and, and fun for us, too. You just get better at kind of triangulating all of those metrics and yeah. creating new things. So, yes, it's a flywheel all the way around. And, uh, yeah, it's just it's something worth doing. Think about what what you would want if you were on the sponsor side and try to create something like truly 
built for them. Uh, and an extra bonus if you can yeah. make it seem like it's built for a bunch of different brands all at once. Um, <laughs> that that's the uh, that's my monetization tip. Uh, so yeah, yeah as you, as your audience grows bigger, you'll start to get into the zone where you're actually uh, can access some brand awareness dollars, which is like you know we love 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 brand dollars as creators because brand dollars have different KPIs than conversion dollars. Conversion dollars, they're going to pay you this amount and they want to see a certain number of sales or app downloads or whatever from that. Um, yeah. Brand dollars, they sometimes don't have KPIs, but sometimes the KPIs are just different. It's the same KPIs that you already optimize for. It's views, it's engagement, it's stuff like that. right? So as creators, we love, love, love brand dollars, but brand dollars are hard. A lot of people are fighting for brand dollars. Television's fighting for, for brand sure. dollars. Freaking ESPN's fighting for brand dollars. So if you can stand out in that brand dollars fight, that's huge, you know. Yeah, find those gaps, find where people maybe aren't, find those those markets that aren't overly saturated already. And I will say with this, so, tip that's what the sellable content helps you do is stand out in that brand dollars fight, you know. Exactly, and and even when you're considering different types of sponsors, maybe that most people wouldn't, you know, like right. I don't know how many people are looking to advertise specifically with hot sauces. Maybe that's not a great example because I don't think hot sauce has a particularly hard time finding places to advertise, but you right. get the idea. Um, I will say with this, this last tip, that, that sellable content tip in particular, it feels like the one out of all this list, all of the tips on this list, maybe because it's further kind of along the journey for most shows, most podcasts, I would feel remiss if I didn't mention, hey, there's it, this is not easy. Like success rate won't be high. You know, it's not like you're going to close 100% of your deals that you, you know, on things that you send out hoping a brand will buy. Um, so I will say, especially early on when your following is not that big, your hit rate is going to be pretty low, you know. So, and you might even have a feeling of like, this is just an exercise in futility. But mm -hmm. I think that's one of those things where if you push past that phase and you actually break through to the other side, like, Again, you're going to be all the better for it because you've developed all these flywheels around this thing. And once you kind of get the proof of concept going, you land that first deal, maybe land a second deal. The momentum's so big. And meanwhile, all those people who couldn't push through, they've just fallen by the wayside. And you're just sitting in this rarefied air, hopefully able to sell your content as much as you need for as long as you need. Right. Well, cool. That is our episode for today. Bringing it in. Just under an hour. Good job. Look at Heck us. Yeah, dude. Landing that plane right on time, right on target. Uh, so if you like this, uh, you will also probably like our newsletter where we will also update you when we have uh, new episodes, new creator specific episodes up. So if you go to moderncommerce.live slash creator, uh, you can get our newsletter. We give, uh, we send, I send you deals. I send you like monetization opportunities that work. Even if you're a small creator, I also send growth tips and uh, tips for launching on new platforms. Like, Hey, you know, how do I crack into TikTok? How do I crack into Instagram? All that is in the newsletter. So check that out. Moderncommerce.live slash creator. Uh, if you are listening to this on an audio platform, like Spotify or Apple Podcasts or something like that, please review the show and rate us five stars. Uh, review us. Tell us what was helpful to you here. You know, like what what phase are you in? You know, are you in the launch, grow, or monetize phase? And was any of this helpful or was it too basic? Would you like more advanced tips? Uh, that helps us refine and improve the show. Um, if you are on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button and hit the bell uh, icon so that you know when we drop new videos on the channel. Casey, anything else to add? The next time somebody asks you if you're a grower or a shower, <laughs> tell them I'm a show. show grower. I'm a show grower. All right. That's all we have for you today. Uh, I'm John. 
You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at John JH Coyle. Casey, you can follow him on Instagram at Modcom Podcast and on Twitter. And we will see you next time. Later, everybody. <laughs>